Good evening. We are thankful you're here this evening and have an opportunity to study again together for just a few moments tonight. Tonight's lesson is going to be a little bit different, uh, and I'd like to share a few thoughts with you tonight, not only about the camp that we were a part of, uh, but as well just a few thoughts in general to make a little bit of application to our life. As I said this morning, our kids are involved in several different camps. The Sorello family has been involved with the Teenage Christian Camp, which is up near the Carnes congregation uh, around the, the School of Preaching up there. And Brian was involved with that before, and they go as a family, and uh, Emily has actually gone again this week, and so uh, we're thankful for the good work that's done up there. There's a lot of folks that, that mutual friends of ours that are involved at various weeks, uh, as well as several of our folks who went to one or both weeks up at the Fall Creek Falls uh, camp that uh, a lot of folks from this area attend. Uh, but I, I've been able to be involved for the last uh, almost 10 years now, I guess, our family as a whole, uh, with what is called McCroy Bible Camp. And so, of course, I know a little bit more about that. And we'd like to share just a little bit with you this evening about that, in particular our week, uh, but then again as well in just a general sense. We were able to take, by my count, at least 19 folks uh, with us from Saudi this year. I won't tell you how many Faith used to take with her when she would go out there, so we've given her a hard time about that. Uh, Faith was one of the ones from here who used to go, and so we end up with about 19 total. Of course, uh, the Danleys and Dixons make up 10, so I mean, that kind of is maybe cheating a little bit, I don't know. Uh, but about half of it were just our two families, but we take all of our family, the Dixons go, and then several of the kids. Jamie was able to go and help uh, in the kitchen. Uh, and help with several things there. Um, but so we did have about 19 total that were gone uh, last week out there. And uh, we really had a good time. Of course, it was uh, very hot, very humid, but we enjoyed uh, ourselves. And, and I'd just like to share a little bit uh, with it this evening. This is one of the signs that we have hung up in the mess hall there that the kids made a few years ago during one of the craft times. Uh, but because the camp is actually a 4-H camp, the camp itself is run by uh, the 4-H department here in the state of Tennessee. Uh, you know, there's a sign out front that says uh, Camp McCroy 4-H Camp. Uh, but there's not, of course, a McCroy Bible Camp sign, so they had this one made. Uh, this is our, our group picture, and I know some of this is hard to tell. Of course, we're not going to pick out anybody. And in fact, I did not get our official camp picture, the one that has everybody looking forward with smiles on their faces. So if you can make out there, there's a lot of arms up and a lot of people turned sideways because uh, when we were taking some test shots, uh, this was one of the ones we got with our phones. And so we have an official one in the same spot there. Uh, by my count last night, we were right at about 100 uh, people. Uh, there were 80 campers. Uh, and about 20 counselors. Uh, the 80 campers included what Brother Roger Campbell calls the cookie crunchers, the little kids. We've got about five of those, uh, you know, little kids as far as children of some of the counselors. And about 20 counselors, again, a lot of uh, uh, those who teach in the Bible as far as Bible classes, including some of the ladies who work with our various other things, and then even some of the staff and those who help in the kitchen and things like that as well. Uh, about 100 people total, that's how many that the camp will hold out there. Um, just a little bit of brief uh, history very quickly, uh, Brother Roger Campbell and his wife Donna, who now work with the Greens Lake Road congregation here in Chattanooga, they've been with Union Grove up near the Cleveland area previously, started this, this was the 17th year, started in conjunction with my in-laws, Hannah's parents, Freddie and Tammy Clayton, uh, and so it's been going on for that long. A few years ago, it was split into two weeks. Uh, we've got about 100 
by my guess, we have about 100 to 20 to 140 that are interested. So that's more than the camp can hold, but it's hard to fill two weeks. When we kind of spread everybody out uh, and some come both weeks, we, we can make two weeks out of it. So as far as our week goes, uh, Brother Roger helps run the camp with Freddie, uh, Ron Gilbert from the South Pittsburgh congregation, Dale Barker, who works with the Wheeler Hill congregation, um, Chad Dollahite from down in Bremen, Georgia, who's the uh, son-in-law of Roger and Donna. Uh, several men who are out there helping, others who aren't preachers necessarily, but are able to help in the classes, make up about 100 folks altogether that are out there. We had one baptism last week as far as some good news that came out of that. Um, one young man who's a member at the Bridgeport congregation in Bridgeport, Alabama, was actually uh, decided to be rebaptized. He had been baptized several years ago when he was younger, and he began to kind of question the reasons why he had done that, and we talked with him on Thursday night for a little while, uh, around midnight or so, I think it was around 1230 Eastern, uh, when we got down to the creek and got in the water and then came back up to the cabin, but we were very thankful for our time there. We had lots of food, sweat, course, fun, classes, sports, snacks, all the things you would associate with a Bible camp, especially if you were able to go and think back, maybe if you were able to attend one when you were younger. Lots of exciting things happened, like playing with candy canes in the middle of July. Uh, Caroline was a part of one of the team games there, uh, and that is, I know it's going to be hard to make out, but that's Carter wearing a, sh a soaking wet shirt uh, as far, part of our fun games that we had there uh, with the kids. They had to put the uh, several wet games that they did before uh, we went down to the creek for the obstacle course and along some of the other fun things that were going on. They had to dunk the shirt in the water, then try to put it on, then try to take it off all at one time. And so they got nice and wet, which of course was fun during the heat. Uh, and there were some team games as well. Chase is a part of the one uh, there towards the left side of the screen uh, with the candy canes were involved. Uh, and that is Emily and Clayton in there somewhere. They had to try to maneuver this plastic around the uh, field there as we did some of those things. And then probably one of the, the craziest parts, again, I'm not sure how much you can make out, but that's our version of a slip and slide where they try to pull kids up the hill and the slip and slide's covered in, um, uh, I guess, ba um, dish soap. Thank you, dish soap and water. And that's Allie there on the far left trying to get pulled up by one of uh, her fellow campers there. You got to get everybody up. And uh, through all these different games, it's a team competition. I was talking with uh, Jamie this afternoon for just a moment. We were kind of talking about our fun week, and it was mentioned, you know, uh, some of the team games that we do do a, a pretty good job of mixing some of the campers together and hopefully encouraging them to interact with people from different congregations as they're mixed into these teams there. Yes, we even put Jamie to work and found something that she could do. Yes, the kitchen is her natural habitat, but we even found a job for Gabe as well. Uh, and he, even though, uh, you know, he, he gets to yell at the kids every once in a while as well. So we put everybody to work um, while we're there. Uh, that's it as far as pictures go, except for this one here is uh, Brother Dale Barger from the Wheeler Hill Congregation, excuse me, uh, who was uh, teaching a class for our young people. That's the mess hall slash worship area where we assemble. All of our kids have some pews there that they can sit in and um, where we have a lot of our gathered, assembly, uh, everyone gathered together for assemblies for various things as far as our whole group together. Uh, we spend about half the day in Bible classes in the morning. There's uh, at least three different times of Bible classes uh, all before lunch, I guess, uh, including a fourth chapel session and then our evening worship. So we kind of uh, get it all in in the morning there and then have the afternoon off for some of our games and things like that. This year in our evening sessions, our evening worship each night at 8 o'clock, uh, we discuss some of the songs, and we've done that here before. You've no doubt heard lessons on that from uh, many different places. We talked about our God, He is alive, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. 
and a lot into my path. Uh, we talked about standing up for Jesus, the song Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. And so that was our evening worship. And we really had some encouragement as we were able to think about what some of those songs say and uh, how we can apply them to our lives. In our chapel session, those are usually reserved for uh, some of our men at times. Gabe spoke in one of those. But even some of our young men are able to encourage us by putting together some lessons. We had one in particular. Uh, 13 or 14 years old that put together a lesson. But we talked about the first family. That's not the first family of the United States, but the first uh, family that we took three lessons from Adam, three lessons from Eve, three lessons from Cain, and three lessons from Abel. Uh, and that was an encouraging thought. When you really think about just the first few chapters of the Bible there, uh, there's not a whole lot of information about that first family. But yet what we know, of course, about Adam and Eve and their sin, and what we know about Cain and Abel and their sacrifices and their worship, and of course Cain killing Abel, uh, we were able to learn at least uh, three lessons there as we thought about each of those people as part of the first family. In our classes, uh, we had two classes each morning dedicated to Isaiah. That's 66 chapters, by the way, and about eight classes. Obviously, we didn't cover every chapter very thoroughly. Uh, we sort of hit on Isaiah chapter 2. If you recall, Isaiah chapter 2 is one of those chapter 2s, Isaiah 2, Joel 2, all pointing towards Acts 2, and, and throw Daniel 2 in there. Uh, when, we, when Isaiah is pointing towards or prophesying about the establishment of the church, uh, so we talked about Isaiah 2. We talked about Isaiah 6. Of course, everyone recalls there uh, Isaiah having the vision of being in the presence of God. Woe is me, holy, holy is the Lord. Uh, and then, of course, whom will go for us and whom shall we send? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Uh, encouraging lesson for our young people as we think about going forth, even from Isaiah, and the Lord's encouragement to do the same thing in the New Testament. Um, that, that call, of course, as we would call it the gospel call today to go forth. We talked about a lot of other things, mainly in Isaiah, of course. Uh, the, Isaiah being the messianic prophet. We talked a lot about his prophecies concerning Jesus. And so you would think, you know, that's, a, that's some heavy stuff for our young people. Well, it can be. Uh, but when we break it down to eight classes, uh, then it can be something that they can sort of digest. Roger, Brother Roger Campbell does a good job of putting together a little booklet that they can take home with them and hopefully keep in some of their information. And so through all of that, uh, we kind of hit on a various numbers of things during the week, but uh, Isaiah was our main theme for the week. The rest of the time tonight, I'd like to share with you a few uh, lessons, not necessarily from our camp, but from camp in general. If you've got your Bibles, first of all, turn with me to Psalm 133. Psalm 133 and verse number 1. When we think about Bible camp, maybe some of you recall a time that you attended one. Maybe some of you have attended this year, even as our uh, young people have been able to. And you think certain things about Bible camp. You usually think about the heat. You usually think about the games. You usually think about some of the things that take place that are fun. Uh, but there's some lessons to be learned, and I, I'd like for us to think about that. Psalm 133 and verse number 1. Behold... How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I'm reminded from Bible camp about how important Christian fellowship is. We talked about it this morning, of course, even for a few moments in regards to our Bible class time uh, together here at the Saudi Church of Christ. Uh, and we've been talking about it a lot in adult classroom number one on Sunday morning with our fellowship. But it is. It's a very important lesson to learn. And it's one that our kids can begin to learn when they're able to attend camps together. Uh, a camp favorite song, and we actually usually sing it, sing it, excuse me, as a matter of habit at McCroy Bible Camp to close out our week. But it goes something like this. A common love for each other, a common gift to the Savior, and a common bond holding us to the Lord. A common strength when we're weary, a common hope 
for tomorrow, a common joy in the truth of God's word. I was talking to Midge this morning out in the lobby as I'd seen pictures of her at a family reunion over the last few days, and we were talking about family reunions and that kind of thing. I made the point that in particular to my family, and maybe some of you are this way, I've got one side that's closer uh, and has gotten together before, but not that often. I've got another side that never gets together. And the main difference in the two is the side that never gets together, they weren't raised in the church, never attended church services in their life, there's no common bond. Families are different in many different ways, I don't mean to get off on that subject necessarily, but I do notice in my family, on my mom's side in particular, when you have a family that has never attended church services together, doesn't have that common bond, it's harder to get together sometimes. When you've got a family that is joined together by this unity, by this hope that's built upon the truth of God's word, it's easy to get together, and oftentimes you want to get together. Our kids learn that lesson when they go to Bible camp about the importance of fellowship. Christians, Christians enjoy fellowship together because of what unites them, because of the things they have in common, a love for and obedience to the Word of God. Again, even as we talked this morning about 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. That's what we're after. When we're after the Word of God together, it unites us, even as we talked about Bible class this morning. A love for the lost, a love for Jesus, a love for one another. When there's that common love that brings us together, we want to get together. We want to get together and play games. We want to get together and have a good time. We want to get together and encourage each other in our Bible study. It just kind of flows naturally. Uh, I think I said this in the adult class a few weeks ago, uh, but I'll repeat it again here. I've heard it from other preachers, my father-in-law being one. But the idea of if you don't want to come and be with your brothers and sisters, then don't think that God's going to punish you by making you go to heaven together. And it's kind of a funny way, of course, of saying that why would we want to be around each other in heaven? We don't want to be around each other here. I get that we're difficult at times. I get there are issues from time to time, and maybe we don't mesh with everybody. But the idea of fellowship, and going through this life knowing that there are people with like-minded faith is an encouragement. And we want our young people to see that. And they get a chance to see that when they go to camp together. Number two, Christians know how to have a good time. Again, you just have to come to a game night here. There's lots of calls for cheating and sermons on cheating. We know that around the, the card table. But yes, we know how to have a good time together. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 2 three and four. I don't think that this is a verse necessarily that's talking about that. The Bible doesn't necessarily uh, say that in that sense, but second Timothy two, three and four, Paul says, you therefore must endure hardship. Sounds like the opposite to me. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You know, when we think about what Paul is saying here and the idea of hardship in this life, when we think about the warfare that we go through, it's encouraging oftentimes to think about the fun that we have as well from time to time. You know, when we think about uh, the fun that goes on at camp, whether it's the, the counselors and the campers playing against each other, or again, we at Camp McCroy do a lot of what we call goofy games, but chances to get out and do silly things together. It's easy sometimes to stop and look around you and say, you know, these people are having a good time. It's good, clean fun to be together and to laugh together and to share in the fun times. It's true. It's true. Christians have to give up some of the pleasures of the world sometimes. 
Christians should give up some of those things that the world thinks is fun, that brings people a good time. There's going to be sacrifice. We think about Jesus in Matthew 16, 24 through 28, talking about how Christians need to take up their cross and follow after him. This is not to be done with malice. This is not to be done with a sense of being forced to do it, but it's out of a sense of self-sacrifice. I'm willing to give of myself to follow after Christ. I know that I'm going to have to leave behind some of the things that the world might consider to be fun. Jesus says that we're going to have to take up our cross. We're going to have to leave those things. And sometimes people say, well, Christians don't have any fun, but I would submit to you that Christians sometimes have the most fun and certainly know how to have a good time. But Christians also realize that that fun can't come before God. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33, Jesus, of course, there says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. When we keep our priorities in line, then other things are fun. The vacation Bible school that we do, Bible camp, game night, whatever it is. Christians can know what it means to have a good time. Our ultimate pleasures are on a different level. They're on a higher standard. We have to give up the passing pleasures of sin. Perhaps you remember in Hebrews chapter 11 there when it comes to the Hall of Fame of the Faithful, that in verse 25 it said about Moses that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. To get together with young people, and of course I would admit selfishly to get together with other adults and to be able to have a good time, we're reminded that Christians can have fun, but of course it comes in the right way with the right priority. If we can keep that in mind, And we can look back at our time at Bible camp or, again, vacation Bible school or anything that we do here. We can be reminded of the fun that we have. And then thirdly this evening, Christian young people can make a difference. Christian young people can make a difference. We remember Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And even the psalmist in Psalm 71. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth O god thou hast taught me from my youth and hitherto have i declared thy wondrous works we talked this morning about our love for our children and the way that we show that in bible class i appreciate our elders and we've tried to say it from the pulpit here and at various times but we appreciate our elders being willing to offer up the financial means to support our young people to go to camp I appreciate our elders offering up the support and even the financial means to allow us to have a vacation Bible school so that our kids can come and learn about God or learn the lessons from God's word. When we think about our young people, it starts at that age, thinking about the word of God, thinking about keeping Christ first, being Christ-like, keeping God first in our life. When we do that, then they will be on the right track. On probably several occasions during our week, And this week in particular, again, for us at McCroy Bible Camp, we saw our young people being active. We tried our best to figure out which of our older boys are are Christians and can pray and lead us in various forms of worship. As I said, sometimes they're able to find um, a chance to speak at a chapel session or something like that. We had at least one day this week where Clayton was able to lead singing. One of the other young men was able to speak. 
We look forward to getting some of our other young men involved, having them pray, doing things in Bible classes. We're reminded that our young people make a difference. They make an impact upon us, and they do it all week long, and hopefully they do it all throughout their lives. We think about David being a young person, as we just talked about a while back with Joseph at our Vacation Bible School, being a young person. Samuel was a young person who found favor with the Lord. We cannot overemphasize that. And I, I know I'm preaching here to the group that understands, again, Vacation Bible School, Camp, Lads to Leaders. You guys know, and our elders are doing a good job in leading in that sense. But we need to remember that and take the time to invest with them. I would say as well, on a personal note, I'm thankful that the elders here in the congregation allowed our family to go, allow me to be a part of something like that for a week. Uh, I try to feel young and get out there and run around with them and have a good time, but it also reminds me of some of these lessons. Uh, W.A. Bradfield, uh, who was a, a, a preacher, was used to tell a story, and you've probably heard something like this before, but he used to tell of a gospel meeting that was conducted in Mississippi many years ago in which one little girl was baptized. One little red-headed, freckle-faced girl was baptized. She was the only visible response. We know that sometimes people may not respond in a public sense, maybe respond privately at home between them and God, but she was the only visible response during that entire meeting. And some people would consider it a failure because only one little girl responded. But however, that little girl grew up and married a Christian they had five sons and three daughters, and all five sons became gospel preachers, and thousands were probably baptized and taught the gospel and converted as a result of their work. You've no doubt maybe heard something similar to that before, but we think about the idea of passing it on to our young people. We're thankful for the opportunity to do that. We're thankful that we can learn these lessons from them. And I hope that as you go forward into this week and when you look back maybe on your time, that you can remember these simple lessons, that we can think about the impact that we have. We do a, a pretty good job here at Saudi of trying to invest in our young people. We kind of go back and forth between calling them the church of the future, the church of tomorrow, and reminding ourselves that oftentimes they're the church of today, of right now. And we need to do our best to be sure that we are training them. The Bible classes that we have, lads to leaders, all the various things that we take part in. We thank you, and I hope that we will continue to do that all throughout their lives because it's, it is the truth, and maybe you can think of situations that you know of, but it is the truth that oftentimes our children and grandchildren are the ones who come back to a congregation and help keep it going. Maybe you know a place that's died off. And they died off simply because the children of the older members turned out not to be faithful. And I know that I can't speak to every situation in every particular instance, but, but the children are not faithful and their children are not faithful. And you turn around, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, there's no one there at the congregation. And it begins to die off because there's no young people coming in. It may be your children or grandchildren. It may be mine. It could be someone else that comes in. But we ensure the future, not only of the Saudi congregation, because that is important to us, but of the Lord's church going forward when we invest in our young people. I, I appreciate the few moments to share with you tonight and to, to cause you to think about these lessons. Uh, as we conclude our service here and our lesson, we will be singing this song of invitation in just a moment to encourage you to think about your life. Maybe you think back to the time at Bible camp. Maybe it's just something else going through your mind. If you're here tonight and you need to become a Christian, 
We stand ready and willing to assist you. Another pretty good lesson there from Bible camp. You don't always have to have the nice heated baptistry that we may have. You can have a bunch of muddy creek water. But if a person is interested in becoming a child of God, we will do all that we can in our power to make sure that that happens, that a person understands what they need to do to become a Christian, and we can help with that so that we can add, continue to add to the Lord's church. Maybe you're here and you've done that, but you've wandered away. Something in your life that's amiss, you need to come back to God. We are thankful for the example of our young people. We're thankful for the tender hearts that they have that sometimes cause us to take a step back, to reflect upon our lives and to think for just a moment about something that we can do, whether it's being better or whether it's just repenting of sin and making a change in our life. If you need to make a change tonight, you can make it known now as we stand together and as we sing.